0: Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show. Joining us as always on Thursdays, my good friend, Dwayne. Generally, Simon Patterson of the Hugh Hewitt Show, master of the universe, hughnivers com, the troll-free web-surfing experience for Hugh Hewitt fans and listeners. And uh, Dwayne, uh, momentous morning to start off with. Um, uh, breaking news this morning. Uh, the um, game is back on against ISIS in... Uh, this time in Northwest Syria. Uh, last week it was Northeast Syria. Um, right. And the two might be related. Um, Joe Biden says, we took out the leader of uh, ISIS, the successor to al-Baghdadi. His name is al Um Appears to be, appears to have reached room temperature when, um, or maybe just reached the room. <laughs> he blew himself up like Baghdadi did, apparently when special forces showed up. Well,
1: yeah it looks like it looks like uh, he had a compound that his family was in and it was in a in a position where there was really no way out. I mean if if you were worried about a, a you know defensive escape plan this was not the place to be. It apparently was kind of on a, a, a mound of a hill and it was kind of exposed on all four sides. This, this compound was just on the top of this hill. And apparently, our special forces surrounded it, and he saw he was surrounded, had no way out, and uh, decided to take the uh, you know the coward's way out. Not only took himself out, but now uh, his wife and kids.
0: Yeah, he took the wife and kids with him um, because the initial report said, well, women and children were killed, and then we find out, of course, that it was Al Qureshi who killed them, just like Al Baghdadi did. Um, this is October right. 2019, so it's two and a half years ago uh, when we did no this. Uh, no
1: no u.s casualties uh, reported as of yet um look it's it's you know uh, for what it is it's probably the best news that joe biden's been able to point to in months right of 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 any stripe domestic or or foreign policy it's 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 probably the the, the single you know best piece of good news he's had in a long time uh
0: yeah the um the, the good news is that um, he's, he, he got a win here on the counterterrorism front. The bad news is though, that this is a front that the Biden administration has largely downplayed. I mean, they, they're wanting to get out of this, uh, of this uh, sort of uh, business here in the Middle East. I mean, so was Donald Trump, um, but Donald Trump was a little bit more muscular about ISIS in particular. Biden, I'm not sure that Biden. I'm not sure that Biden, uh, uh, the Biden administration, has even really much talked about ISIS. They've kind of wanted to shove that off to the side. Maybe the maybe the raid on the prison last uh, last week in Hasakah um, uh,
1: changed the calculus for them. Well, you know, ISIS was a thing when Donald Trump came into office because they had the caliphate right in in Syria and. Um, We kind of dispatched that on short order. And shortly after that, ISIS, you know, ISIS will always still be out there to to some variant, just like Al Qaeda is out there to some variant. But uh, that was not something that was really on the on the top 10 list of anybody's worries uh, going into the last few years of Donald Trump's term. You know, it's not like they were uh eliminated but they were fairly well immobilized and not really able to do much of anything um so now joe biden comes in and takes over and in his first year he you know pulls out of afghanistan and as uh, kabul is falling almost immediately isis is resurging uh, you know different just different chapter uh but isn't the bomb blast that took out our 13 um military in the kabul airport ahmed karzai airport wasn't that an al-qaeda it or, or wasn't an al-qaeda attack i'm sorry wasn't that it was an, ISIS-K. An isis-k attack
0: it's an isis-k attack but
1: Cor- coruscant yeah
0: but i i think that those are really just loosely affiliated groups i don't know that how much the the um you know iraqi syrian ISIS group has to do with ISIS-K other than just a sort of loose affiliation. I'm not even sure that there's a, a leadership um, connection there either. Uh, uh, ISIS Khorasan is, what, their leadership is in Afghanistan, it's not in Syria.
1: Correct. Now, what 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 I will say is we have been reading some reports, even in places like the New York Times, some in, in the Washington Post, over the last few months where Hey, don't look now, but it looks like ISIS is starting to kind of uh, coagulate again, and they're starting to grow again, and they're starting to well, right. I mean, know, that's and
0: that was the that was the raid on the prison in Hasakah, right? That was, was just last right. week that so, they finally put that down.
1: So Joe Biden gets credit for uh, you know knocking down a growing threat, and he should get credit for that. Yeah, I agree. But on. But on the other side of that coin is why would that have been necessary if you kind of took your eye off the ball and let them start to grow again? It's, that's like saying, yay, we defeated cancer. Well, okay, but why did the cancer come back? Well, because we quit treating it and we started to worry about other things and the cancer kind of came back. But boy, we knocked down that cancer again. Well, okay, congrats. You knocked down the cancer, but yeah it, why was it necessary right well i think that we've had
0: now a couple of administrations that have been too glib about declaring victory over isis isis isn't dead and and i think that this demonstrates that isis isn't dead and that we know it's not dead and we're gonna have to deal with it one way or the other um and, and, I, and I i grant you um I do think this is a win for Joe Biden. I think it's a good win for Joe Biden. I have no problem giving him credit for this. It happened on his watch. He apparently apparently made the call. um, Something he wasn't going to do with Osama bin Laden in in almost exactly the same circumstances, right? Um, But but he did this time, and yeah, he absolutely deserves credit for it. Now, whether or not that relates to – this is also a grand opportunity for him to say, okay, well, now ISIS is dead
1: and we're going to leave. Right. In, uh, in in that scenario, you, you, you accurately played, though, um, when he was giving advice about, um, you know, going in and, and, and taking the other hit. Uh, he wasn't in his calculus of, of thinking then he wasn't staring at, you know, uh, uh, you know, crashing through the floor of 30 percent job approval and, and and heading into the 20s so you know you got to think there's some different you know, political calculus there well he's, sure. he's got to show he's got to show he's tough on something right 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 i have and again i have no problem with any political
0: gain he gets from this because it's a good outcome for the united states it's a good outcome for our allies in that region it's just that it's not over and if they decide to make this into uh an, an oh it's over sort of um argument uh we'll be back where we were at after we pulled out of break right. the last if, time
1: if if this is the only move he makes and in 2024 his entire reelection campaign was hey look what i did back here and and that's and that's it uh, that ain't gonna be enough right no, no it's not i do want to point out one thing though and i think this is
0: something that's going to be inside the heads of everybody affiliated with isis uh, the, the the prison thing, I think, started a couple of weeks ago, and our uh, allies, the Syrian Kurds, uh, a- along with us, you know, we were there as well, um, ended up defeating the ISIS assault on this prison just seven days ago. Just seven days ago. And seven days after this happens, we find, we find out where al quraishis at and—, and and return him to room temperature thanks to his own decision to uh to to detonate the bomb Holy at 7 cord right well yeah but it's just 7 days <laughs> i mean if if i'm in if i'm in the isis chain of command at this point in time don't i have to suspect my entire comms um uh, organization is is has been penetrated don't i have to start to try to rebuild that whole entire structure because clearly somebody got somebody rolled it up all the way to the top and and gave it to the americans i mean that's I, it may have well, just been a coincidence it may have been completely unrelated intelligence that brought us there but would you if you were in isis at this moment in time would you would you just assume that the two weren't related because <laughs> i know i well, wouldn't assume
1: that I I wouldn't assume that. Maybe part of the calculus along the way was ISIS looked at Biden as floundering and as inept as the rest of us saw him, and they underestimated him. Well, especially after Afghanistan. But, I mean, this is not Biden. This
0: is... American intelligence. This is American military Understand. intelligence. I mean, Understand. that's. I mean, the only thing that Biden would would have been involved in directly here was the call to go ahead and, and conduct the raid because clearly it's outside of American. Um, uh, well, it's it's at least arguably outside of our uh, wartime jurisdiction. Um, right. This is more like Syria proper, right? This isn't the this isn't the Syrian, you know, this isn't Western Syria. This was in northeastern Syria. And it was close to where Turkey's at. So I mean there's all sorts of different things. And that's the reason why Biden might have otherwise been cautious. Uh, and for good reason. I'm not suggesting that there wouldn't be good reason for that. But I mean the, the legwork here wasn't done by Joe Biden. Joe Biden wasn't out rolling up the rolling up the comms lines right. here. Um Right. I if I'm if I'm the number two or number three guy <laughs> in ISIS right now, I've got to be looking I'm at that in the I,
1: Change, nev- change I'm, it. Change it all. <laughs> I'm. I'm looking. I'm looking for Pakistan about now.
0: Yeah. Or, or at the very least, you have to deconstruct your entire communications model and rebuild it from scratch at this point in order to make sure. And, and that when you're talking about a distributed terrorist network is really not easy to do. Um, Correct. And, and so you, you, yeah, you've
1: got to. You've got to assume if you're if you're what's left of of ISIS now. You've got to assume that pretty much the Americans are probably listening to what you're doing.
0: Yeah, and and look, I mean, uh, again, this is not to argue that ISIS is dead, but it is to argue that this particular kind of strike, seven days after a defeat, when you're trying to release 3,500 uh, members of your terrorist army from a prison, uh, indicates that does that send you've, its own kind of message. It yes. does send its own kind of message. All right, speaking of message sending, let's let's transition to. What you and I think is maybe the the biggest media story in at least a couple of years, um, the fall of Jeff Zucker at CNN, and uh, and the and the question of and the question of who's next at CNN,
1: or if there will be anybody next. I yeah. mean, you know, who knows? Uh, it, the the big question is going to be who's going to take over that network. You know, Time Warner is the parent company and you know somebody at time War, at least for now i don't know if i don't know if they the new discovery bosses are in charge yet but Not yeah, yet. as of now i think i think time warner is still is still controlling it and you got to think that somebody's going to come in with you know like wilford brimley with the with the with the briefcase at some point right
0: all i know is at the end of the day i'm going to have somebody's ass in my briefcase <laughs> yes
1: i mean that's i mean that's what i'm saying right um the thing that's fascinating and we talked about this last night on on uh, our, on my after show which is uh there was two players in this story uh, well you know there's you know chris cuomo there's there's lots of players andrew, there. cuomo. andrew cuomo yeah is 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 a glue that holds this whole thing together um but jeff zucker falls on his sword after you know having this affair with this you know his his vice president of operations for darn near 10 years and uh the paramour allison uh gallus gallus is she's still there and we were talking about this last night that Uh, come on she's really they're they're not going to be able to keep her there now you and I talked about this the underling usually gets the benefit of the doubt and if there's somebody that's going to survive it's usually the you know the 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 junior member yes the junior member of the of the power couple um but you know I I read in in the New York Post this morning a story by Emily Smith female employees at cnn are furious furious that chief spokesperson allison gullis who by the way came to cnn after serving as a stint as the comms director for andrew, andrew cuomo uh, just spec- this this whole story is just spectacular um they're furious that she is keeping her job after lying about an affair with newly resigned CEO Jeff Zucker for years, sources told The Post. Why is she allowed to keep her job, a CNN insider railed? CNN is supposed to be a transparent news network. How does she get away with lying about their affair for so long? Ed, if she's there, I don't care if she was the innocent victim. I don't care if she slept her way to the top because she felt that was the only way she could succeed. I don't care if she was doing this under duress. The fact of the matter is, the organization is a corrupt organization. That's right. Everybody knew about it. There were pictures this morning that were released. It was all over Twitter of a Billy Joel concert uh, last year in which Zucker went to the concert with his girlfriend, not his wife, with Allison, the vice president. And you know who was sitting in seats like, you know, two rows up? You want to take a guess? Oh, I, I, I'm just going to say Gullist. No, she was his date.
0: Oh, that's right. She was his concert. date. Was it, I don't know. Chris Cuomo? I don't know. Brian Stelter?
1: Um, Stelter was there and Don Lemon was there. <laughs> Everybody knew. This was not a secret. Everybody in that building knew that the two of them were stuck with each other. Yep. And that they were the power couple, right? You don't you don't mess with one because you're going to mess with the other one, and it was it, it, you know everybody was it was was walking on eggshells about this. So Zucker, because Chris Cuomo comes at him hard because Chris Cuomo is well, one he's Italian and two he's pretty vindictive. Um, he starts coming after. <laughs> hey
0: hey 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 hey. hey, 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 hey.
1: hey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris Cuomo comes after um, Jeff Zucker and says, "Okay, sucker you fire me, I'm going to burn this whole place down." And he says, "I got the goods on you," which, of course, because of his brother, he probably did. And so Zucker said, "Okay, I guess I can't do this anymore. I'm out." But uh, so so Allison's going to just get the job by default. In, in in a stopgap measure until Discovery takes over. Well, and no, Discovery's
0: that, that, got this. They, they've got a triumvirate now that's that's taken over. Allison Gullist is not a member of the triumvirate, right? I mean, this this came out later yesterday. Initially, they were saying, well, Gullist might end up taking over, uh, which is I think one of the reasons why you started seeing all these Jeff Zucker who is the sweetest, nicest, most kindest, caringest, you know, uh, you know, Manchurian candidate. Excuse me, uh, CNN right, president. Right. Because because you,
1: you had you had the equivalent of okay so kim jong-un's not around but the sister still is right right? i mean it's i mean that so everyone's like okay i guess we can't back on the little fat kid because his sister who's even more brutal is still around
0: right the hatchet woman is still there so yeah that was right uh, yeah Uh, she's and she's still there so they still have to be careful about this but uh, right but yeah um uh, jason kylar i think is his name or keelar um, from warner media is uh one of the three that's taken over um
1: and and i don't know unless if he's coming in unless he's coming in with a shroud and a and a and a scythe, you know it, it's not gonna work no it's not gonna work lemon <laughs> lemon's gotta go stelter's gotta go uh daniel dale's gotta go you know there's Darcy, there's lots Darcy of people- should
0: go too you know, Oliver
1: Darcy's got to go. Um, there's lots of there's lots. I mean, look, you and I both could we we could reprogram CNN in about a day, and get them to the point where they would crush MSNBC within a month, right? Right. We we'd put we'd put Mary Catherine Ham on in prime time, right? And maybe give, Joe Rogan. give her a show. <laughs> Offer Joe Rogan a job. I mean, yeah. there there are there are some contributors there who you could give you could give a gig to and actually I'd put, and make. I put make a, Van a,
0: Jones on his own show.
1: I would put Van Jones Van on his Jones own show. Would I, be
0: would be sharp as hell on his own show, and I don't even agree I, with anything that Van Jones has to say, but he's I, good.
1: He what well, one he's he's transparent and he's honest and he's smart. He he's at least honest. And when, and when he knows that his side has screwed the booch, he'll, he'll fess up to it. Yep. And if you're at least honest about it, that's at least kind of winsome. And that's somewhat compelling because you can, you can, you can build a little trust with a guy. You, you can correct for the lie of the green and say, I don't agree with, with his positions, but if something goes on that you as a conservative think that, Okay, Democrats. There's no way they can defend this, and everybody on the left, media, electeds, whoever, everybody's defending whatever this uh, you know obscenity of the day is, and then you turn on Van Jones and he says, "Man, this sucked. I wouldn't have done it this way." Right? Right. If 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 he had that kind of a take on there, people would watch that. Um. Again, Mary Again, Mary Catherine Ham if 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 you gave mary catherine hamm a, a primetime slot people are going to watch that show
0: people would watch the hell out of that show and, uh, and and furthermore mary catherine hamm would would have people on there who disagreed with her i mean she's of used course. to it she's disagreeing with everybody else on cnn when they bring her on for these uh, you know talking head hits yeah absolutely right. um you could build you could build a primetime around mary catherine hamm and van jones and i think it would make one hell of a one two punch um, yeah, bring in Joe Rogan for the late night. Um Joe Rogan's not a CNN contributor, but I mean but to your point, you could you could look in and around CNN. You could, and
1: you find, could, turn, and C- you could turn CNN around in like a nanosecond, right? Yep. yep. Absolutely. Um but they have to want to change.
0: And so the Warner Media guy, this is Kilar or Kylar, I I don't know how the name is pronounced. Um apparently the story is and New York Mag is is New York Magazine is very skeptical of this story, but supposedly uh, Kyler didn't know about what was going on between Zucker and Gollust until this investigation took place. I mean, the guy's been Ce- the guy's been CEO for almost two years, in charge of CNN, and he didn't know that his his number one guy at their number one asset okay. was sleeping with his number two or number three executive vice president
1: okay. for, for years. Okay let's 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 talk about this for a second if jeff okay how many people within the on-air or editorial broadcast role of cnn how many people do you think in that newsroom didn't know i'm not talking about time order i'm talking about I'm talking about on-air talent or producers or editors. How many people within the CNN universe for the last 10 years didn't know this was going on?
0: If you if you believe Roland Martin and Soledad O'Brien, and I have no reason to disbelieve them, everybody right. in that room knew in 2013. In 2013, everybody in that room knew. 2013. Eight years ago, Again, nine years ago. Again,
1: we saw photos from a Billy Joel concert from late last year. Where Jeff Zucker was attending a concert on a date with his girlfriend. Not remember he's still married at the time. No, no, his girlfriend. No, late
0: late last year he would have been divorced and she would have been divorced by that time. Okay,
1: okay, I'm sorry. You're right, but dating his girlfriend that the executive vice
0: president,
1: (laughs) the executive vice president that used to live with her husband, a. In the apartment above his when he was married right right okay so if everybody in the building knew everybody in the building knew everyone right yep okay so if this is the case and the time warner ceo is so disconnected that he shazam i had no idea this was going on why (laughs) why didn't (laughs) <laughs> Why didn't anybody <laughs> tell me this? Golly, Golly. right? It's, so so you got you got Gomer Pyle, um, who's the CEO of Time Warner, who is just just dumbstruck that this is going on. That says one of two things. It says one of two things. Either Time Warner is just stump stupid about the about the entities they own. And it's possible. Sure. I doubt it but it's possible. Or all of this talk about, but Jeff Sucker's such a nice guy. He's such a, he's such a genius. He's always been kind to me. That's hostage video material. Yep, It means that everybody in the building was terrified of being the one leaking that because of what could come after them.
0: And I think you're still seeing hostage means, videos now. And that's the point, the right. whole Alison Camerota thing. It, yeah. means,
1: it, it means Jeff Zucker may have, this, he may have this outward appearance of being a nice enough guy. But if you work there, my guess is he wasn't the nicest guy in the world to work for. Well,
0: I don't know a boss who's really the nicest, at that level, who's really the nicest guy in the world to work for. You got to be tough as nails to get up to that position in the first place. And, uh, and so... I mean, I'm not gonna begrudge a guy for being a tough boss. I've worked for tough bosses that I've liked anyway.
1: Un- understand, but but don't give me this don't give me this Allison Camarada stuff. Oh right?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, what a sweetheart of a guy. We're all going to miss him.
0: Oh, yeah. That bull stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if if uh, Kilar is. Um, who was it that you just said that Keeler would have been? Uh Gomer Pyle. Uh, G- Gomer Pyle. What does that make Brian Stelter? Jar Jar Binks? I mean, I'm <laughs> not sure. This no! is and this is a guy. This is a guy who in August 2021 was on the Colbert show saying, I don't understand what ethical issues might be in play here. We're kind of no. off the map. And you've got Eric Wimple no. late last night saying, Oh, yeah, by the way. It was Zucker and Gallus that arranged the whole Cuomo Brothers show. And don't tell me that Brian Stelter at CNN couldn't have figured that much out, knowing that he's Brian sleeping with Gullis to work for Cuomo. <laughs> I mean... Brian, Stel- Brian Stelter is the Sergeant Schultz of CNN. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. Sergeant Schultz, I get. There you go. Okay. I know nothing. I
1: know nothing. I see...
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 fair enough. Fair enough. That's, that's better than Jar Jar Binks. Um, at any rate though, I mean, Stelter's got, I mean, they really need to clean house. I think we've already talked about this. They need to clean house in order to restore credibility. We're, we're coming up to the end here. Um, well, just, 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 real,
1: quick, just yeah. real quick on this since we're on, on Stelter last night, late last night, he tweets late night at the office, still making calls to sources reliable newsletter will be out by midnight east coast time and i couldn't help myself i retweeted it and i said bless his little heart he's convinced himself that there are people out there who believe that he's an honest broker working hard to report on the corruption that's been endemic at cnn for a decade right under his blinking nose
0: yeah reliable sources indeed all right just a couple minutes left um You know, I I guess we got to talk about what's coming up on uh, Hugh Hewitt Show on Friday morning, uh, what's coming up in the after show on Thursday evening. I want to leave a couple of minutes for that, but just quickly, uh, econ report coming out, jobs report coming out. You you and I discussed the ADP report. Um, What's your prediction on the BLS report (laughs) and uh, what do you think it's going to mean for uh, (laughs) Joe Biden when it hits?
1: Okay, so i predict the bln just to remind people the bl uh the uh adp number came out negative negative three hundred one thousand. yeah which was astounding a train wreck a train wreck of a number right right um my guess is the number comes out at minus 180 just shy of 200 that's that's my guess and Jensaki will spin it as a positive because it's not as bad as what adp was we actually we actually gained a hundred thousand jobs from what adp said it would be yeah and that's how and that's how she'll try to spin
0: it i think it'll be slightly negative on friday morning i think it'll be somewhere around like minus 40 minus 50. i don't think it'll be minus 100. i I think adp misses to the downside as much as they missed to the upside here um but i think it'll be slightly negative
1: now let's let's do let's do was right wild ass speculation. Um, let's <laughs> we're a big fan of Waz here at the Ed Morrissey show. Of course we are. That's, that's, we're pundits. That's what we do. Is wild ass speculation. Uh, let's assume that the number comes out and it's like five hundred thousand in, in negative. Let's, right. let's, let's 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 say it, it's like oh no. Right. Then what happens? How do you spin that? You, See this no just shows. <clears throat> this just shows we need Build Back Better.
0: Ha! No, inflation shows that we don't want to be anywhere near Build Back Better. I think that um, if you have a loss like that, I think it really resets the dials on um, on moving Biden to the center because at that point, politically speaking, he's—I mean—that's death, and he's going to have to start looking for some really quick, easy wins. Uh, that he can start holding up as a um, nope. as, as an example I, of his of his progress I disagree with you
1: a thousand percent i think what he's going to do is he's come he's going to come out and he's going to say if it weren't for these recalcitrant rep- uh, republicans if it weren't for the republicans saying no to everything we would be making more progress this is all the republicans fault
0: um That's well what they're going to go with uh, except for the fact that of course Joe Manchin was the, <laughs> the Republicans weren't the reason why they couldn't get it passed through reconciliation so yeah and and, and it wasn't even just Joe Manchin was that it? was Kirsten Kirsten cinema too and it might have been a couple other Democratic senators to be honest but the, they were awfully quiet during this thing uh and for yes and for good they were all right um so that's our wild ass speculation of the week folks now what's com- we we don't need to speculate on this what's coming up on tonight's
1: after show in the universe? uh just uh me and the news uh thursdays are normally uh when i just kind of load up as much as much uh, content as i can and i just will you know hit go and uh sometimes i'll go an hour hour and a half hour 45 minutes and just go until i exhaust myself and and uh have have covered the news the way the news should be covered um it's riotous and raucous fun and and um know you never know what kind of uh tirades i may go on all right so what's
0: coming up on tomorrow morning's uh hugh hewitt show starting at 6 a.m eastern time
1: well we will be doing uh our movie segment with sunny bunch which i don't know what that's going to look like because uh speaking of death zone uh when you're talking about biden and and jobs reports uh there's not a lot out to see right now in the theaters is there it's got a yeah, you know, we're 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 down to we're down to Netflix at this point, or Daily Wire. They've got they've got a new show dropping at the Daily
0: Wire thing. It's shut in. You should ask him about you know, that. True.
1: So we'll talk to Sonny Bunch a little bit, but uh, we will also talk to our mutual good friend Jim Garrity. Um, Jim is um, he's about as good consistently on the virus reporting as anybody I've seen in town. Um, covering what's going on in Virginia, covering the, covering the, you know, the vaccine mandates and the politics around it. Jim has just been, he's just been aces on this. Right. And, right. Uh, and uh, we're going to have uh Gary, the indispensable on tomorrow. He's, he's, he's one of our favorites.
0: I got to get Gary back in here. You know, we, we kind of fell off the, the radar screen from each other because it just, the, the timing on my show just never worked for him. Now that we're back to a podcast format. Um, and, and, I got to get him back in here. We,
1: and you know what, we had done that too, uh, a lot uh, because of the age of his kids, but now his kids are a little bit older, yep. and he's, he's got little pockets and windows of time now. And I'll, and I'll tell you what'll happen. The first time you get him back on again, and you talk to him, you're going to get off of that podcast, and you're going to say, I forgot how really good he is. Oh, he's this.
0: great. He's great at he's, this. He's, he's
1: just tremendous.
0: Yeah, he's terrific.
1: So, So, yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. So that's coming up tomorrow morning at uh, 6 a.m. Eastern time on Friday, um, uh, February 4th and uh, 5 a.m. in God's time zone, which is God's frozen time zone, by the way, today, because snowfall and ice here in Texas uh 3 a.m on the left coast you can watch it live in the universe dot com, the troll free web surfing experience for hugh hewitt fans and listeners if you're not a member you're missing out on so much all that great after show stuff that Dwayne does all the other great original content in the universe but you can still listen to it live on your am radio dial Dwayne, what should people do if they can't find it on their am radio am radio dial
1: well, I think it, I think the answer speaks for itself. I think you bring in Chris Cuomo with you, right? <laughs> you, you, you go into a you go into a station where we should belong. There's there's a, at least a fifty percent chance that that general manager's got a connection to Andrew Cuomo, and and, and Chris will exploit it. I mean, I mean the, the 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 guy is a walking horse's head, right?
0: Right. I I was gonna suggest Allison Gullis for the exact same reason, right? <laughs> Maybe, maybe bring in Jason K- Kyler or Arquilar. Again, not sure how he pronounces his name from Warner Media. I don't know.
1: Bring in the triumvirate. See I, you see, I don't think you bring in Allison yet because apparently, for at least right now, she still has a job. Why? I don't know, but apparently, she still does. Will she be? Will she be
0: offered a job in the in the Hugh Hewitt universe? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Dwayne Genelismo Patterson. There's only one Generalissimo in the Hugh Hewitt universe, and it's Dwayne Generalissimo Patterson. Thank you so much for being with us, as always, on Thursdays. Have a great rest of your day, sir.
1: My pleasure. See you guys next week.
0: This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. It has been more than five months since Joe Biden disgracefully abandoned thousands of Americans and tens of thousands of our allies in Afghanistan. For most of that time, our national media has steadfastly averted its eyes from this moral stain on the presidency. While individual journalists have pressed the State Department for answers and updates, their employers have rarely, if ever, reported on the topic. Now the liberal media outlet The Atlantic finally delivered a devastating report on Biden's catastrophic retreat from Afghanistan. George Packer oddly avoids the topic of abandoned Americans, but he makes clear the lack of empathy or purpose in Biden's actions other than indulging his vanity at the expense of American credibility. His chaotic withdrawal, Packer concludes, added moral injury to military failure. Biden isn't the only perpetrator of this moral injury. The American media disgraced itself by ignoring Biden's dishonorable abandonment of Americans and allies alike. While other media outlets follow the example from Packer and The Atlantic, and cover this story, or will they continue to carry Biden's water instead? I'm Ed Morrissey. Welcome back to The Ed Morrissey Show. Joining me now is Jonathan Emord. He is a constitutional law uh, attorney. He's an author, frequent townhall.com contributor and the author of a couple of books we've got to discuss. Uh, Jonathan, welcome to the podcast. Great to be with you. So before we even get to your, your column about um, about non-citizen voting, which I think is a, a, a an overlooked but a very important discussion, I know that you've written a couple of books that our audience is going to be very, very interested in. Uh, one is heavier than the other. Maybe you can go ahead and tell us a little bit about both of the books that you've got uh, going on right now.
2: All right, I'll take the lighter first. Lighter both in substance and in weight. There it is. It's the lovely How Biden Stole Christmas, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa 2. <laughs> now this is a, uh, as you might suspect, a book of verse. And uh, there are a number of characters, not least of which is the main character, Joe Biden. And so it goes through and it lists all of the foibles of Biden over the, the first year of his presidency. And uh, here's Ron Klain. He's also in there. That's the chief of staff to the president. He's da- dancing the Irish jig there. Very nice. And uh, that's because uh, you might also find familiar uh, some of these things like AOC's Tax the Rich, which a lot of people don't realize, are on. Biden's PJs, but there we go. There you go. So, yeah, so it, it's a it's a bit of lighthearted humor, uh, but uh, actually it's rather uh, pointed and probably not well received at the White House. But you know who is well received at the White House? There he is, Xi Jinping. So there he is. Uh, and look at the money around the feet of Biden. Yes, of course. Yes, there you go. To- oh, yes, there we go. So anyway, it's lighthearted humor for the holidays. Now. The heavier one of the two, this one, this is heavy stuff. This one is the authoritarians. There we go. There you go. The authoritarians, yes. yes. Yeah. And what this does is documents the history of socialism in America from actually the antebellum South, where uh, Friedrich Hegel's doctrine which uh, of collectivism was accepted by the... Um, the, the confederates as the basis for the confederacy and the justification primary justification for the institution of slavery, because a lot of people don't realize that. Hegel, who was the teacher of Karl Marx and is the predecessor of communism in that sense, so he, he believed in socialism collectivism. Um, was actually accepted as the doctrinal substitute for the declaration of independence and the notion of limited government that Jefferson introduced into the declaration in the second paragraph. So they couldn't deal with this, uh, conflict between slavery, which they wished to keep and the principles of the declaration. Second uh, paragraph, all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So they jettisoned Jefferson, they actually even condemned him. And, uh, he was a southerner as we know, right. So, anyway, the book, the book documents that. It documents the rise of socialism inside the bureaucracy, predating the street violence of BLM and Antifa, and then takes us all the way up to the present and shows how the two are actually working in uh, complicity with one another to foment a socialist revolution, which is where we are now with the overt attempts by the White House and uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to bring us a socialist state. So, there you are. It's obviously heavier subject matter. And that justifies the weightier version of the book, you see. And if you don't like the book, don't worry about it because just lifting it will add to your muscle tissue and improve your health. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a a, a cardio uh, aspect
0: to this. So I would say make sure you get the authoritarians and of course the cardio for laughter. Uh, uh, the, the first book and, I, and again, it's a complicated title. It's a it's a Doctor Seuss uh, it's a Doctor Seuss satire. What get, give us the name of that one one more time?
2: Well, here it is again. It is How Biden Stole Christmas, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa too. So well, there you go. a little bit of a graduation beyond Dr. Seuss, I think. <laughs> it's all politics. It's not a children's book, but actually you can read it to your children. It rhymes and it'll help uh, prepare them for their generation dealing with socialism.
0: I think that that's a a good preparation indeed. Uh, now, Jonathan, we want to get to your column. It was uh, on uh, it was published on December tenth over at Townhall.com, uh, and it is it's regarding a new uh, law in New York City, which is going to allow non-citizens the right to vote. Now, New York City is not the first city to adopt this, right? I think if I remember yeah. correctly, Seattle adopted this as well. There's some other I think smaller. Um, Enclaves that have adopted this at least as a, you know, a statement of principle, if if not necessarily a, a legal uh, mechanism, and yep. and San
2: Fran as well, San Francisco,
0: San Francisco. Well, I guess I'm not surprised. Color me unsurprised that San Francisco has adopted this. uh There certainly there's a school of thought that says, well, you know, the the non-citizens are being governed the same as the citizens, so that they should have a a say in how that is being done. It is at the uh, for federal office. It they are ineligible to vote. Uh, what's can states and cities allow this? And even if they can, uh, you argue that this is a very very bad idea.
2: Yeah, uh, no, they can't. It is un- unconstitutional under the Fourteenth Amendment of the Constitution, which expressly applies not only to the federal government but to the states. So the federal Constitution provides, and I'll read the language here, all persons, this is the citizenship clause of the 14th amendment. This defines what me, what it means to be a citizen, which is the in, inherent to citizenship is the right to vote. So all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. So in order to be a citizen, uh, which is, intimately tied in each of the state constitutions to the right to vote. You have to be a citizen to vote. You, uh, for example, under article one, section eight, clause four of the constitution, um, we have the definition of naturalization. So first of all, we ask ourselves, can you be a citizen of the United States? Under the constitution, you can be a citizen of the United States under two circumstances, you're born here or you are naturalized the definition of naturalization is not delegated to the states it is reserved to the federal government by the constitution in article I, section 8 clause 4 where naturalization is defined as a pow- as that power which grant with the which the united states can exercise to render a non citizen a, uh, a a person who can be uh, equal to a a natural born citizen So the only power to do that, to equate the rights of citizenship of a person born here with someone who was not born here is a a congressional power. So the locality can't assume that power. It can't say suddenly all these people can vote, they can have all the rights of citizenship for the offices, the local offices. Not only that, on our Article Four section, for the constitution actually article four section one i think i'm not sure but it's an article four so it says that an individual officer in both the federal government and the states must swear an oath to uphold not to uphold to support that's the language support the constitution of the united states in order to, to in other words for these town council people who had to swear that oath under the federal constitution is required, right? They they could not act contrary to the constitution. I mean, it's not an option. But to make that perfectly clear, they have sworn an oath as a condition precedent to their sitting as sit as town council members, to support the constitution. So they're undermining the constitution directly. But then, in the state constitutions, for example, Article Two, Section One of the New York Constitution only citizens are entitled to vote in in it at every election for all officers uh, elected by the people so connecting all the dots each state says only citizens can vote new york says that same thing a citizen is defined not by the state but by the federal constitution right. in the 14th amendment and anyone who's not born here can be naturalized only by act of Congress. Now to make matters worse, Congress has enacted naturalization laws which compel people to swear allegiance to the United States, to uh, be willing to defend the Constitution and take up arms in defense of the Constitution, to renounce their former citizenship, and to actually comprehend the requirements of, of the Constitution as a condition precedent to them becoming citizens of the United States, in addition to the other eligibility criteria, which go to issues related to their employability and so forth, right. and, their, and, and their lack of association with any organization that means to do harm or any criminal organization. So all of that vetting, of course, is not taking place. So, and as a result, non-citizens who could be criminals who may be terrorists, who may uh, be involved in international drug trafficking or in gangs are being given the right to determine who will be mayor, uh, city council member, uh, public defender, etc., in New York City and, as you point out, elsewhere. Jonathan, so this raises
0: a couple of questions. The first being, why hasn't this been effectively challenged in court up until now? Because I, I don't think it's new in Seattle. I want to say that this was maybe a, a few years ago that Seattle adopted this. And I think the same thing is true with San Francisco. I don't think that that was extremely recent. I mean, they've they've operated under this, this uh, condition now for at least, what, at least one municipal election cycle, I would say, in Seattle.
2: Yeah, uh, it's it's rather striking, and it's a, a testimony, a sad testimony, to the willingness of the population to allow it, right? Right. So there, there hasn't been a challenge. Now, in New York uh, City, a challenge is underway because the Republican Party there and several elected officials who are Republicans have said that they will not tolerate this. this is patently unconstitutional. Now, you didn't see that same thing in Seattle, in the city, because- they're all Democrats. And then right. you didn't see that in San Francisco because why? Well, they're all Democrats who are in the government and the overwhelming majority of voters in the city of Seattle and in the city of San Francisco are Democrats and not just not just Democrats with a small D but I mean Democrats with a big socialist D. And as a result, they're quite delighted by that change. Uh, it, it, but it, it is ripe for challenge, so if any resident of seattle or of of uh san francisco wants to go to bat and challenge that they could if they're if they're a voter uh they would be eligible to do it
0: right i mean this this it's one thing to say that there's no republicans in city government in san francisco seattle and new york i mean i i think that that's a fairly good statement and i think it's fairly obvious i I, i'm not even sure that republicans bother to run for some of these uh seats any longer I, i i no longer live near minneapolis but i did for uh, 24 years and i'm not necessarily sure that any republican actually ran for a city council office for instance in minneapolis i'm not sure. minneapolis was playing around with the idea of having non-citizen voting i don't know if they ever executed that or not um but any voter really should have standing in court right i mean this is something that impacts the voters in in this enough to be able to get standing to challenge this as unconstitutional i would i would assume that that would yeah. be almost almost a slam dunk, on the standing issue anyway.
2: Yes, because it dilutes the person's right to vote. Now they would have to be a voter. In other words, they couldn't just be a person who has no intention of voting. Right. They would have to be a person who intends to vote and they and preferably one who has voted. But without question, allowing non-citizens to exercise the franchise, particularly with the numbers of non-citizens in these cities, um, it very severely uh, dilutes the right of citizenship, dilutes the right to of citizens to have democracy work for them and minimizes the impact of their vote. Uh, and that's the, the, the real problem with it. So, of course, um, they would have a right to sue. Jonathan, has has there been
0: any such challenges in court before? Do we do we have precedent on this, or is this just some such a recent innovation that it hasn't even come up yet in in any sort of state or federal court?
2: To my knowledge, there's not been a challenge. There have been uh, localities where these uh, where these events have taken place, where other than the cities we're talking about. But to my knowledge, there's not been a challenge, a fulsome challenge to the law. Uh, under the 14th Amendment and under the state constitutions. Um, But we'll see that in New York. And once that precedent is established, it will become a billy club, I suspect, to be whacking down these crazies who want uh, non-citizens to rule this land. In other words, imagine, take this scenario, for example. Uh, You're Xi Jinping, you're sitting there, you're contemplating how to overwhelm America and turn it into a socialist swamp. And uh you come up with this grand idea to have uh 15 million uh, Chinese residents repopulate the the state of New York coming through the southern border. all they need to do is reside in New York for 30 days and they can vote they could all they could they could vote out the existing uh, candidates they could vote in the farthest left candidate you can think of AOC blessed candidates. they could turn the city into a formal socialist, uh, uh, sister city of Beijing, <laughs> right? And 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 completely take over all private property and redistribute all wealth.
0: What happens? Let's say we've only got a couple minutes left. I know I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but let's say it goes to court. Let's say you get a court challenge. a court says, "Okay, yeah, this is completely invalid." What happens to the elections under which this took place? What happens to the actions of city government? by officials that were elected under uh, under non-citizen voting. Is that, do you think a court yeah. would strike all this down or do you think a court would just say, all right, just don't do it anymore <laughs> and let's, well, let's get past it? Well, I
2: think the past injuries are not redressable by an injunction. So right. injunctions affect uh, restrictions prospectively. Um, however, if I were a candidate and I lost by a thin margin and the difference would have been provable uh, to be non-citizens, Well, then, you know, I think there's a real question there, particularly if the person is still in office who beat you, right? If it's still part of the term that extends from your candidacy, then I think you could challenge the legitimacy of the election and perhaps invalidate the election and become uh, that uh, that person. But as you're pointing out, in these cities, Republicans are scarce and, and quite frequently when they do run, they get clobbered so badly that probably it wouldn't make up the difference. Sadly. Probably not.
0: Well, Jonathan, we're going to leave it at that, but go over to townhall.com. Look up Jonathan Emord's um, uh, op-ed on this in townhall.com uh, in the columns there. And that was on December 10th. So you might have to scroll back just a tiny bit, but it's definitely worth it. And once again, just before you leave, Jonathan, we got to take a look at your books one more time just to make <laughs> sure people know what to look for.
2: All right. So there. here's, here's the funny one. How Biden Stole Christmas, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa, too. Yeah. And that's a real gem. And then this one, which is really fantastic, but if you don't like it, you can at least do weightlifting with it because it's thick. It's right there. The authoritarians. Yep. They're horrible. It says the authoritarians, their assault on individual liberty, the constitution and free enterprise from the 19th century to the present. There you you are. All right. And Jonathan, where can people go to find you? What's the easiest place for people to go and find you other than townhall.com? So they can follow me on social media of their choice, uh, or they can um there are a number of places. So you can go to emord.com, uh, which is my law firm. Uh, and you can also go to actually there's a store that sells freedom wear, which is lovely, that I design. And it's called uh, (laughs) and and you can get autographed copies of my books too. But it's called uh, buyfreedomware.com. That's it. Buy,
0: dot com and emord.com. Jonathan Emord, thank you so much for being with us today.
2: Great to be with you. Take care.